0: Welcome back to Dr. Quackers, and today we're reviewing Phantom of the Opera. For those that have watched my live streams on Twitch, I have recently talked about this movie on there. So to get everyone caught up that hasn't watched that, I really liked musicals as a kid, and I watched a lot of them. This one being obviously one of them. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I used to watch it a lot as a kid. Um, I Actually, at one point, I dressed up as the Phantom for Halloween. Um, yeah, I think there's a little bit of backstory you get for me. Um, I haven't seen this movie in a long time at least not all the way through my mother really liked this musical so that's initially how I was introduced to it so yeah that's that's all the backstory that's native <laughs> this was originally a book it was made into a silent film with Lon Chaney and then Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote it into a musical in the 1980s went on Broadway all that yada yada yada, yada. and then finally in 2004 Joel Schumacher the guy that ruined Batman in the 90s with Batman Forever and Batman and Robin uh, turned that into a movie so yeah, that's that's how this came to be. Aren't you so happy that you know that? <laughs> I should preface this before I get into the review itself. I am not a theater kid. I enjoy them, but I never did theater, nor am I hypercritical of movies, of famous plays, and musicals. What I mean by that is that it's something I've always noticed. Like I, I watch uh, a lot of YouTubers, and I listen to a lot of other podcasts obviously, uh, that review movies to talk about stuff. And I noticed a lot of the people that are into theater are very hypercritical of anyone ever putting the, these stories to film besides putting them on stage. They would be on stage and they were always be inferior to the stage performance. Arguable, arguable point. I don't feel that way. So that's why I preface this with that. I, I don't feel the same way. So if you're a theater person that's coming to this review, um, I'm not going to be as, critical as you may be about it being a movie. That's why I I figured I should say that before I continue. The best part of this movie are the costumes and all the sets. It looks really cool, hyper detailed. Uh, My favorite set piece in the whole movie is the masquerade scene, especially with the Phantom's costume. He has a cool-ass skull mask and he's wearing all red. I like it. It looks cool. I enjoy the color palettes. It's really interesting. Yeah so yeah that's the best thing I can give it you can tell almost all the budget went to that part of the movie joel schumacher likes visuals in his movies you can always tell by looking back at batman forever it, he wanted it to look like a comic book and if you look at the color palettes it really does look like a comic book uh when they use dark colors they usually you know highlight it with purples and blues and they use a lot of those colors in the movie so yeah you can tell he's more of a visual director which is fine with me sometimes i like hyper visuals in movies And I think it works for this because it's very much a gothic love story. So having, you know, sets that fit the tone are rather important, especially like in graveyards or an opera theater. You need shit to look spooky and fit the tone. It's about this guy that's insane and he's murdering motherfuckers. But he also loves a singer and a ballerina there. So it needs to fit. (laughs) Now, all of the background music is really loud and often overshadows the actual singing. I don't know if they do it to cover the mistakes of the cast or just overlooked this and was like, what if we just have loud, bombastic orchestral music playing over everything and everything we do? Sometimes it's silent and I think some of the best parts of the music or when they sing is when the background music's quieter. And yeah, I just I'm like, why is this so loud? Like the dialogue is so quiet compared to Background music. The the music, a score of a movie shouldn't be overshadowing every scene. It, it it's supposed to blend with the movie. Your full attention shouldn't be like, wow, this music's really loud the whole time. In a musical, so that's even more important. This is a musical, and I can't hear people singing. I don't know. Like like I said, it could it could be that hmm, some of these cast members can't sing that well. Uh, play the music really loud over them, um, and that could be it. Uh, there are times you can tell that. Someone is very much uh, dubbing or trying to um, mouth the words in a scene, and they're going to add the singing in later. Uh, specifically with Rao, the, the other love interest of Christine, you can very much tell with him. Uh, yeah, and it's not like they don't have like you know a large cast with this. Uh, they got Draw Butler, Emily Rosem, who's best known for Shameless, uh, Draw Brothers, and so much shit. Uh, probably most of you would know him as King Leonidas in 300, most likely. Um, or some women out there may know him from PS I Love You I'm not sure but who knows uh, Minnie Driver uh, she was a big actress in the 90's she was a gross point blank uh, she was in the Good Bull Hunting movies like that uh, Patrick Wilson uh, Simon Cowlow I think that's how you pronounce it um, he plays the villain Ace Ventura too. so if you know what that movie is he's the bad guy and then you have Kieran Hines who's in a whole bunch of shit he's in harry potter he's in game of thrones he's in there'll be blood he's a, he's probably the biggest actor of the movie at least in terms of like you know talent not saying anyone else isn't talented don't get me wrong but I, I definitely think he's the best actor in the movie in my opinion patrick wilson is probably number two on that list he's in a bunch of stuff he plays ocean master and aquaman he's in the conjuring films he's in insidious he plays Alman man and the watchman stuff like that um yeah I actually enjoy most of the cast, not the whole cast. I think, arguably, the best performance in the movie is from Minnie Driver, because I think she she plays her character the best, Kalata, she's supposed to be obnoxious prima donna, and I think she does the best, which is weird because she's not at all my favorite actress or actor in this movie, so, yeah, that's, that's all I can say about the cast. No one does a great job besides her, everyone does an okay or good job, so. I think most of it probably has to do with the script and with what they're given. Joel Schumacher isn't really known for being that kind of director, so yeah. The ages of the characters are confusing. I don't know if it's just me, because there are some huge wage gaps between them sometimes. So there's a character, and a Madame Jury, uh, who is old, but then also really old. So, it starts to swing you off with uh, the characters being really old, well, after the events of the story, and she's still there, but she's older than everyone else in the story. How is she alive? So she has a daughter, who's the same age as the protagonist, who's, by the actress, I'm assuming, probably, like, around 18, 20, around there, around that age so she's got to be you know around 40 and the story takes place like 59 no 49 years no hold on. so it's, the story is in 1870 1919 so yeah it'd be 59 years later so she's 90 she's she's 99 that's what the fuck how is she alive because she outlives like half the cast that makes no sense like Fucking Raul is in a fucking wheelchair, and she's just like, I'm fine. I'm older than all of you, but I'm fine. Also, here's something I never noticed until now. Uh, The Phantom's not that much younger than her, okay? And Christine has been at the opera house since she was about seven. So, this adult has been watching and guiding this child up until adulthood. And he's in love with her. So, hmm. And you also find out he has her on like a strict regimen, which is also bizarre. I mean, I understand he's, he's supposed to be controlling and he's gone mad and everything, but still, that's still weird for the story. Even in 1870, that's bizarre. I don't like that. That's weird. Never noticed it before. Um, I don't know if that's just poor writing or not, but I don't like it. That's pretty much all I got to say about it. I don't. I don't like how inconsistent... The story is on that part, it's really confusing. I don't like it. So yeah, so I, upon rewatch, I understood why I liked it as a kid. Um, I like love stories, they have to be good ones. Like I don't really like most rom-coms, but I like love stories And and I like dark characters. Like I love Batman, I love Guts, I love the Punisher. I like characters, you know, that are jaded. So I understand why I liked the Phantom. But wow, this movie is not that good. I much prefer the, the musical version on, on, that's actually on stage. So I can agree with those people on there when they're like, this is not as good as the actual musical. And I agree. I'm with those people. So I'm going to give this a four out of 10. It's below average. It's still, but I would still rather watch this over Ghostbusters, which is why it's not a three. I almost gave it a three, but I'm like, you know what? I'm still entertained by this somewhat, even if like, sometimes it's just to chuckle at it sometimes. Um, and I do enjoy one scene in the movie, which is the Masquerade scene. So, yeah, that's why it's a four. Everything, it's, it's, it's really inconsistent. The music can be very obnoxious. And the story sometimes doesn't really make any sense. So, yeah, that's why it's a four out of ten. So, hope you enjoyed this review. If you did, I have a whole bunch of other reviews. If you'd like to go give those a listen, I highly appreciate it. So, stay tuned for the sponsors, please. Let's face it, we all drop hundreds of dollars on shit that hasn't done much good. When was the last time you spent just $225 and you actually profoundly changed your life? Answer, most likely never. Well, if you want your chance, here it is. If you are out of shape and have said more times you can count, I need to do something about this. This is opportunity knocking. You have approximately 3,640 weeks in your lifetime. 16 spent wisely, can make whatever you have left, better than you could have imagined. Get in or back in shape with expert guidance from a certified and experienced professional trainer. No crash diets, no bullshit, just results. Visit www.vikingfitnessnh.com, mention Dr. Quackers, and get 10% off your, your custom fitness plan. Again, that's www.vikingfitnessnh.com. Thank you.